Lean back. Lean back. That's when you look oh. like you have leprosy. I'm going to go change this. I'm going to go look, and I'm going to see what it looks like because I've started it now. Start the stream. Yes, I have. Always okay. disorganized, never proper. Oh, well. It's only a bit of fun. It's only a bit of fun. How you doing? But, oh, you're actually asking me? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, the leprosy man. Hold on, let me God, go here. Know. Let me go here and do this. Your channel. I don't think I look like I have leprosy. I promise you, it's just the, it's the fucking thing, know. you know? Like, do you have a filter on or something? No, it's, <clears throat> it's just a light. I've got a light, like, underneath me. Maybe it's know? my shit, because I'm the one who has the filter on. Wait, is it, like, where the color isn't as defined? Yeah, it just looks like the the screen is, like, fucking with your face or something, or, like, the filter that I have on is fucking with it. Because I have a filter on so that my background looks like that. Otherwise, it'll just be a big, green, ugly thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first thing I actually wanted to start talking to you about was the... You sent me that, that Glastonbury concert... Um, the one song, the national anthem from that album, Kid A, which, by the way, was my homework this week, and I listened to the entire thing like three times. I still don't feel like I got enough. I feel like I need to listen to it again and again and again to actually really get the feel, which you don't think so, right? You think like one listen through for an album is good enough, but it's not. Then I watched that that one song that he performed and man like he is like you know when you go or you see footage of people who are in church and they're they're getting all crazy and they're shaking and shit like over nothing by the way over some fake bullshit and then you have huh i've got the spirit in me yeah yeah that stuff's super gay but when you're in a crowd of like thousands and thousands of people and you're performing and you like feel all those crazy vibrations and shit, like, you know how he's like shaking in the beginning and he's like right up to the mic and he's like, ha, 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 ha. I'm like, watch that in the morning. And I'm like, I get so excited because I'm like, this is so fucking crazy. Like, I love watching that. He's somewhere else. He's on some ethereal plane. I don't even understand. And everybody's like screaming around him. Oh, the crowd is absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, Glastonbury is big enough as it is, but I mean, having like that kind of energy on stage, like it's going to go even more crazy. I mean, I there must be, there must be like 400, 5,000. 5, yeah. Like 400, 500,000 people in that. Because the thing is, it's like Glastonbury is basically, you know, it's basically a, like a, like a small town that just gets set up for like, you know, a big music week. festival. Yeah, but it's like one of the biggest in the world, isn't it? Mm. And so, like, the crowd basically will just go on for as long as possible. Like, people may not even be able to hear what the fuck's going on, mm -hmm. but like, they'll be watching it. So it's just crazy. And um, yeah, yeah, national anthem with that baseline, it just gets everyone going crazy. And I don't know if you watched the other one I sent you, um, Idiotech. Like yeah, not that. as much. I don't remember it. <laughs> Idiotech. I think it's like the seventh or eighth track on the album but um yeah they played that live at glass for me that year and oh my god it's just insane that's a really fucking good song too that album is really great as a whole that's my, yeah well that's my that's my favorite song idiotech 
I think my favorite yeah. song on that album, I have to look at the names now, is actually Optimistic. I love that song. It is yeah, yeah. so good. What a wonderful song. And I don't even know all the words that he's saying. Like, I haven't even looked up the lyrics and stuff yet because I'm like, I want to try and kind of listen to it and figure it out. But there are points where I'm like, I should probably just look at the lyrics and see what's happening. It's very minimal, you know? And they're very, like, toned down and quiet in a lot of them. The the vocals? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think because if you think about it, like, that's the first album they did without, like, walls of guitar and, you know, like, he's not really in his comfort zone, I guess, because he's singing with, like, synthesizers and stuff. I mean, he's probably, he's probably Tommy York had probably done that anyway, mm-hmm. like, on his own. But to put that out there you know, for the audience and knowing the critics are probably ripping apart after like everyone fell in love with OK Computer, which was the album before that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was probably a little bit more subdued and trying to find himself like and how he could fit in the mix with synthesizers and drum machines, you know. So I think that's probably what, what you hear in there. Yeah. But yeah, especially. On- that album is like, I, I really like the... I don't know. It just sounds like the the people I really like to listen to are really good at creating like this audio space. Like you feel like you're in a room with them and there's sounds coming from all over. You know, it's like a total immersive and I don't know how to explain it. Like it, it would be like being in Dead Mouse's studio, right? Where like the sound is bouncing off the walls and you're kind of getting an all around experience as opposed to like, oh, I have my headphones on. I'm just hearing here and here it feels like they're in the back of my head and the front of my head like all over inside my head it's like the best fucking yeah. thing it's like a, the, the way i describe it as a soundscape yeah it's like a, it's like when you like if you what's it called on your phone where you take a bunch of pictures and it becomes like panorama a, yeah yeah it's like that but with sound yeah like that, that's why like production is so important you know like why people like should really like never underestimate just the the idea of mixing with volume and then using pan to move things around yeah so it's so important and i think the best producers do that and then if you have somebody with a really strong you know sonic vision Mm -hmm. when it comes to music your is your discord going off right now because it just keeps going so you better mute that shit I'll do a turn off uh, uh, notification. Uh, settings, notification, mute all. And then I'll just remind you to turn them all back on mm. afterwards. Enable desktop. Off. It's really too bad that YouTube's so gay that you can't play music in the background just lowly. Like, it would be awesome to have the album playing in the background. Even if you play from YouTube, you get in shit. It's like, I'm not even monetizing anything. Oh my god, yes, I can hear them all. What the fuck? What kind of an audio stream is this? <laughs> fuck you! Get it together. That's how close you should be to your mic, by the way, when you're talking. You shouldn't be leaning back because you have one of those mics that you need to be really close to. I should not be so close to my mic. Directional. Yes. 
Mine is omnidirectional. You got it? You learn how to turn your shit off? <sighs> this fucking bitch. <laughs> What's my... <laughs> I just want this ghetto shit to go a little less ghetto, that's all. <laughs> that's my signature thing is like always starting a stream and being incredibly confused about how <laughs> how it's coming across or how it's trying. Who cares? Uh, fuck it. Fuck it. I mean, at least I, like, anytime I get to piss you off, it's a fucking victory. So. <laughs> well, you do that often, so. Yeah, yeah, my existence. I mean. No, not your existence. Okay. Just when you're annoying. Just, <laughs> we'll about that one day. Um, yeah, so what did you think of um, how to disappear completely? Oh, let me just play it quickly. That's a bad thing about you... me. My memory is absolute garbage. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hear the first five seconds with all that, like, really unsettling violins and strings. And, like, Ridiculous. yeah. Uh, and it's that that is, like, the hum. It's, like, the background hum to, a, the, to through the whole song. And the song is really pretty. But it's also very unsettling because it has like that screechy kind of like, you know, the nails on the chalkboard feeling. It's got like horror soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I noticed because there's a song on. Um, there's a song on the Nine Inch Nails album you call me called um, Various Methods of Escape. Yes. Oh, it's funny. Like how the two. Yeah. Song type. I love that song. <laughs> that album is really fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when you first sent me it, it, it was everything and satellite were like the first ones that I kept going back to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That I would like, if I was not listening to the whole album, mm -hmm. like if I just wanted to put a song on, it was usually everything. Yeah. Because like that, that had like, it was like, it's such a kind of, juxtaposition for the rest of the album because the rest rest of the album it's like you know it's got all these like really textual synths yeah. and like it's it's some of some of the bass lines are almost like oppressively like heavy mm -hmm. but then that song just comes in like it's all sparkly and it's like it's it's got this like little uh like and yeah and and like that was like something off like a cure song and i was like what the fuck where did this come from like it, that's why i think that's why it stood out to me as well because it was so different to the rest of the album yeah and it was it, i think it was i think it's probably like maybe the only song in a major key so it's happy and i and i was like that really uh straight away that grabbed me you know like if i if i heard that song just on its own out of nowhere like straight away i'd be like who's this i gotta listen to it yeah you would never um, think it fits into that particular album either because the other songs are are a little bit like they're slower they're kind of darker this is like more rocky and like upbeat oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean just uh, like the um like i think even even the melody lines and stuff is just way more upbeat he's, he's singing more fully like mm -hmm. he's much release in his voice on that song where the other ones it's very up close you know and he's using more of the rhythm of the words to imply a melody rather than just using um you know 
the notes he's singing. This is so cool. I like hearing you talk about this because I can't talk about anything technically. So it's so fun to hear that. Like major keys, minor keys. I'm like just learning. So it's so fun. I like it. Well, you know, like I'm still in. So trust me, you'll never get to a point where you're like, you know, I mean, it's like all these musical terms. It's basically just like you've got to learn a language so you can communicate with other musicians. Yeah, yeah. And, And like, trust me, like some people really know their shit like when it comes to theory and like i may as well be speaking to someone from japan yeah yes i don't don't get what's going on so what's uh, this this all has made me realize just how incredibly incompetent i am with that language you know what i mean like it's the the need to learn it though is so strong like i just want to fucking know i want to understand because it really is like there's a feel like the textures everything that's that's coming into the music here is like it's painting a picture there's the sound individually which certain sounds i think have personalities of their own but then within a context it kind of all works in a way to like create something entirely different like that all-time low song which i think is my favorite song on hesitation marks it like um it has that guitar in it guitar it's like a funk guitar yeah it's also like a it has like an i don't give a fuck about it like there's something about it that's just like here i come walking in (laughs) i don't give a fuck (laughs) it's it's bombastic yeah and then the the song totally changes pace and goes into the chorus and it's like a it's like a slower sexual seductive kind of like gritty beat with that the guitar changes and it's like <laughs> your air guitar is so good i love it <laughs> and i am right behind you baby it's so good. And yeah. his voice goes really soft too. And it's like ASMR and whispery and it has like that come hither quality. Yeah. That that song <laughs> Come Hither. That that song really reminded me of um the Happy Mondays. I'm sure a band from um Manchester. Mm-hmm. In the eighties, like they were on uh factory records and like they've got this like it's more of like a backbeat type of drum beat. Mm-hmm. Like, like Trent tends to use almost like a disco beat. Yeah. Where the hi hats are on all the upbeat. Mm-hmm. That's really uh, what I noticed. But I mean, it's the same kind of vibe, really. Like the the two beats are. The, you can get the same kind of vibe from both beats, or you can switch between them. Yeah. So that's the same beat he uses in Closer. That. That. He plays with oh, that yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I noticed it kept it kept cropping up, especially if you wanted to change the feel of the song. And I mean, yeah, from what I've seen, because there's like he's in this documentary about Sound City that Dave Grohl made. And uh, I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan, but like the, those documentaries are just great. Like the ones he did, he did one, he did a whole series of documentaries mm-hmm. about all different cities in America called um, Sonic Highways. And like he goes to different studios and etc. But this one was just about Sound City and Trent's in that. And uh, I think it was in that he was talking about all the different drum machines he uses. 
and I think like those beats, you find them in drum in drum machines quite a lot, especially if they've got like pre-programmed beats and stuff in. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was just the kind of you know his his limitations of like what what equipment he had. He was just going with it. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I can hear myself yeah. again. Really? Yes. Not anymore. Now it's good. Okay. That's strange. Um. So, have you have seen any pictures of like his studio and shit? Like, it's crazy. They just have like fucking pianos and synthesizers and midis everywhere. Like, it's it's he's surrounded by them, and he's like, I just like to he likes to go do everything manually and like create the sound. And I think like back when he started the, the computer programs and all the stuff that people use now to make music were obviously not around. Right. So he got really good with that stuff. It's the same. I think Joel was saying dead mouse that he was like, one of his biggest inspirations was Trent and his studios like that too, like wall to wall, just knobs, dials and like all these MIDI keyboards. He got, he's got like MIDI keyboards from like the eighties and shit that he, he collected that are like super rare and hard to find because he said there's like a quality to the sound that, that just isn't present when you try to play with it in the computer. Right. It's, it's more, way more refined. There's it's a little more difficult to like distort shit. Well, maybe well, not if you're them, but <laughs> I would think so. You're right, because the thing about, like, this, for example, so. So, I'm just going to grab one. Of, like, this is a guitar pedal, right? Mm-hmm. So, this is like, it's a, it's a stomp box, right? So, you click the different, it's got like a button on you click, and it activates the pedal. Mm-hmm. And then this is, this is in the chain of, you know, your guitar pedals and then your amplifier and this changed the sound between your guitar and the amplifier right so in here there's all different components that you know on the like it's that that's what creates the sound so yeah it has a purpose to either distort the sound or give it reverb or whatever the effect is mm-hmm. but the actual components in the inside they have a certain character like that's why people spend like ridiculous money on pedals that were only made in the 80s like I just bought this uh, preamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a preamp like for microphones. It's for guitar amps. Uh, called a Mesa Boogie Studio Twenty Two. That's a cool and name. Like, yeah, but like that, that has its own characteristics that it's it's hard to replicate because of how, like how it was created at the time mm-hmm. using certain transformers and all these. You know, I'm not going to go into all the details, but you know, because they use these certain components to get that sound. Mm-hmm. So. You've actually got like a real synth that's got these, you know, specific components in it from the eighties or whenever it was made, then it's gonna have a completely different character than somebody trying to, you know, model a sound inside your DAW. But the thing is there's a lot of companies that have got quite good at replicating sounds from certain synthesizers or pedals or amps, but there's some that you just can't you can't get like uh there's this pedal, it's uh, called a harmonic percolator. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anybody recreate that in any DAW or any pedal. Like there's this one that this crazy guy made in like the 70s. Actually, I think it might even be in the 60s. And uh, you just can't replicate that sound. Like, so some things you just can't do it. So he's right. He's, um, that shit is, there's a different vibe about it. And um, 
I did see an interview with him where he was talking about a synth and how I think they, the company basically did like a new edition of it and there's a bunch of like new things that you could play with but also it stayed true to what it used to be mm-hmm. and that was like the first mm-hmm. when he was a kid and he was like begging like his family and doing chores just so he could get one yeah that was when i saw his studio and it yeah you're right it's very similar to that he kills me i love how he's like i don't care if i have to work at mcdonald's i will do whatever i need to do as long as i could come home and make music i i do whatever i had to do and i was just like oh my god that shit makes like just like makes you like tingle ah fuck i want to do that too (laughs) whatever free time i have i just want to spend learning about music even though it's so yeah, hard right now because I just feel totally, you know, it's weird, right? It's weird kind of learning something new because you're like, oh, shit, I know nothing about this. And now I listen to music and I'm like, I'm not just listening to music for just listening to music. Like, I like trying to listen to the different layers in the sounds now and like figuring out what else is happening. And then I'm like, oh, hey, I recognize this. I recognize this. Even though it's like two things that, that stand out to me, like every time I listen, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, there are going to be points where any anytime you start trying to learn something, you're going to get frustrated. And uh, it's kind of cool hearing you say that because, like Trent and um, what's his name again? Joel. Not yeah, Joel. Yeah. So, like, they've kind of sparked your interest in wanting to do it, and like the same happened to me with the. Uh, this guy from a band called Brian Jones, uh, Brian Jones, Tom Massacre, Anton Newcomb. And I would watch this documentary called Dig, which is about him and this other band, like his band and another band. Mm-hmm. And his, his, he had this like home studio and it was just full of instruments, just instruments everywhere, like sitars and mandolins and all these. And like, I was like, I want a fucking room like that. Yeah. And like, I kind of do. It's not to the extent that he had but um yeah so like one day you'll get there and you'll have like synths and you'll have well i'm already like looking at stuff like i i have people who i'm like oh my god i love music and they're kind of into that world too but more into the dj side but like they're sending me fucking links to all this equipment like all these sound like little soundboards and like midi keyboards there was an m audio midi keyboard that i got sent a link for and it's like two grand and i'm like like I want that eventually I want that like now there's no point because I have the tiny little one and like unless I know how to like totally use this it seems pointless just to spend money to have the toys if the toys aren't useful to me so I just have to to continuously build and I think in my head I've kind of decided that this is what I want to do with my free time this is a hobby I really want to engage in I want to have fun with it because the combinatorial power of music is so strong like there's so many combinations there's so much you can do like even with a program just like fruity loops where you have a million options like even if you didn't if you have a vst your eq and whatever filters you add on you have so many options like it's just crazy so it's fun and that's what i want to engage and then you see people like when i listen to when i listen to the nine inch nails album every time i hear a song i hear something new in it you know what i mean like there's another ambient sound or something in the back corner of my headphones that I didn't pick up on the first listen and that's how you realize like he like his music is so textured like there's so much happening and like the 
the level of integration is incredible to me. Like I just, I can't, I can. like it excites me so much. You know, that that's what was cool about Kid A too is like it's so, it's so textured and it's not like the beats and and the way that it's all structured isn't, it's unconventional. You know what I mean? Like the that first song on the album, Everything in Its Right Place, I keep expecting the melody to change when he's singing, when he starts singing, but it doesn't. It just stays constant for a while. And I like it because yeah. it's something different. It's not like pop music. Do you have a, do you have a vendetta gone. with pop music? No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, because if you think about a lot of the music that I like, which was considered the popular music yeah. at its time. Mm -hmm. So pop music is really just whatever was popular. I know when, when people say pop music, they think like bubblegum. Yeah, Britney Spears. Like, like... Yeah, but like that shit comes and goes and it and it's and it's a very it's funny because people look at like underground music you know certain bands or albums that have came out and they go oh well you know that was a very niche you know section of the mu musical community or you know whatever it may be and in reality like they're not like it, it's this huge web underneath these like single pop stars yeah. that come along every yeah. like five or ten years, and uh, they're the actual niche market in terms of how many there are out there. Mm -hmm. I mean that's why they're so lauded over because they're so rare. You know, you're never gonna have like Adele isn't gonna come around every fucking two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or Beyonce or whatever it may be. I didn't yeah. even put this on Instagram. I'm doing that now because why not? <laughs> that's the way to do uh, it so i i like i'm just gonna send you more pop music because like like the the those sounds are developed to appeal to like the most amount of people like i always to me in my head i'm like these are scientifically created songs in a lab they they take like the averages of the frequencies that people like and they create songs within those keys so i think rick beato was saying this that like most pop music is created with 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 major keys right like in like a very particular band of sound that produces like an upbeat kind of attractive sound that will appeal to most people and like that's yeah. why i'm like when i hear songs i can't discriminate music is the one thing i can't discriminate with like you could be britney spears you could be doja cat like my the way my playlist is is like I have National Anthem by Radiohead, and then right below that, I have Doja Cat. And to me, there's no difference there because they're both providing me with an audio experience that I enjoy, but they're totally different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, you know, there's, I'll have, like, some, like, there's, um, there's a lot of, bad, like, if you, I mean, I don't have an iPod or anything like that, but, like, if you were to look through, like, my record collection or, like, you know what i've been listening to on youtube or whatever like you you know it's the same kind of diversity but um yeah like i don't i don't really mind um i don't really mind pop music i mean you mind it less right. when i send you videos and the girls are like super hot and then i look at it and i'm like no wonder everybody's running around angry with confused boners because like look at these videos that they put out these girls are so retarded hot and they're dancing around and they're like Look at my waist to hip ratio. Well, I mean, 
I wouldn't really call them confused boners. They definitely know what they want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, Rick Beato is right, though. Like, you know, you can play the majority of, like, number ones from, like, all the way through the 90s up until now. You could probably play the majority of number ones with, like, four chords. Like, that's how basic it is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if you if you were to go and use, like, you know, a G, a D, an A, and an E, like, just those four chords, you, you could come up with a pop song in a, in a matter of no time. Mm -hmm. And then maybe maybe pick, like, a fifth chord to, like, create a bridge Mix or something. Mix it up. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, Taylor Swift does that a lot. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't listen to Taylor Swift, but I will watch videos about her songwriting process to learn from it because it's important like yeah i want to have like like soaring guitar like bears them like some norwegian black metal mm. but at the same time like i i love melody mm -hmm. you know what i mean so I, you can bring it back to kid a like kid like they were listening to a lot of like uk garage and like techno and stuff like that at the time mm -hmm. but they were also listening to german rock bands which are called the uh kraut rock mm -hmm. and like that's a lot of like they're two forms of music that are completely different but it's very like loop heavy it's like the same thing over and yes. over and over again it's about repetition mm -hmm. to like a, to like a trans state and then that's what came out you see a lot of those songs uh, are very uh it's very simple and minimalistic mm -hmm. but you know if you take something simple and then start adding different instruments but that's Trent you know too. It. Like Nine Inch Nails is like that. Like so, there's a lot of like very simple bass lines. Like uh, my favorite Nine Inch Nails song is Only. And it just has like the the one beat pretty much throughout the whole song. Have you heard it? I don't even know if we should go to that. Let's just stick to the album so that I can <laughs> not be confused. But like, hold on. I'm going to look. I think... I think I have heard that it's it's the um It's from music video with it's you know the music video with where dots. it's like with that wall of dots. But, like, but that thing you put your hands into yes. but it's the face. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I've heard that, yeah. Which is so crazy. And it's I, like the like it's his face in that in that thing the whole time and he's like playing music and the, the video is really cool to that song. Hmm. I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well I think it's funny because, like, sometimes I think there's great songs that would kind of fall under people's radars if they didn't have great music videos. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you think, like, Teen Spirit, do you think that would have been as, like, it's it would have been a big song, but, like, that music video kind of made it. Because of the energy, like, right? Like, they're bringing you an experience that the song is meant to depict. And then also MTV was like playing it all the fucking time. So everyone was seeing it. But yeah, like you wouldn't, it would have been a big album, but I don't think it would have had that impact if it didn't have that great music video. And there's a lot of, so I think there's a lot of songs like that where if you didn't have that full package for people to buy into, they would never have been as culturally significant as they ended up being. So vi visuals are important, but, uh, like that's what's that's what's strange today because <clears throat> a lot of bands you know you can make a pretty shitty kind of funny 
music video with a small budget nowadays. So mm. a lot of bands put, mm. put out like, you know, music videos like Mac DeMarco. <clears throat> He's a Canadian musician. And he puts out like a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of strange music videos, especially lately. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't really got that much of a bigger budget to do it. But um, like if people were kind of had the budget a lot of these mainstream acts have had over the years, I'm sure our songs would have had more impact. Yeah. So it's a good thing good thing that people can produce their music and do all the stuff on their own. But I think it's one of the reasons why you're not going to have like generational artists anymore but you know what's really cool oh i can hear myself again i don't know i think that's a discord thing because it it like you can't hear me and then all of a sudden you can so if i point it out i'm sorry it's just i hear it and then i'm like ah shit why why nope no i didn't see so weird um yeah maybe maybe it is um music videos i was gonna say something and i totally forgot it definitely helps with the experience. Like I was saying to you yesterday, it's a, it's a synesthesia thing. You know what I mean? Like the sounds and the visuals all become one thing where, where like the music video has shit that has like, it's like integrated with the sound, right? So like that video I showed you yesterday, the Doja Cat one, where she's like dancing and you can see that like the trail of rainbows and shit around her. Like what a cool visual effect, right? And like she also does this other thing where when they say the word focus, she does this thing, but like the camera does this really cool thing where it like skips, where it's like unfocused to focused. Oh, Do you remember yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, that experience is like something you, like your mind wouldn't be able to visualize, but then when they visualize it for you and they bring it, it like adds like a different, it adds more vibrance and it adds an experience to the song as well. And I think that's what it is. It like turns the, even though the music is an experience, it turns into a, turns it into a full sensory experience yeah you you because as versatile as sound is when it comes to getting across emotions and things like that you know you can't really underestimate the um the things that visual a visual component can imply but with bands who play instruments um radiohead for example nine inch nails like look at the productions they put on like at this point you don't even really need music videos because you can watch their shit from their shows like their live shows are so good i i didn't actually know this but trent was like one of the first people who started doing like all these like stage things with all the lights and like all the all the crazy bells and whistles and stuff and like it really adds something to the experience. Like you already think the music is textured and amazing. And then you see the texture and just like the, the visuals that are created. Like there's a Vivo show that they did. It was during their tension tour in 2013. And like, they have this cage that suspends down and comes around them. And the cage actually has little LEDs around it. And like during one of the songs, it looks like, there's like lights waving around them, obviously with the music. And it's just like, it's a totally different thing, but it's fucking bomb. Like you don't need a music video if you've got tour videos out there, if you're a band, you know what I mean? And you could just, you could just take a bunch of tour footage and put it over the song and release that as a music video. Exactly. Unless you've got like a real, you know, if you've got a real vision in terms of a music video, like, I mean, 
Kekabane, like hot shape box music video. I haven't seen that, like, but I, I will watch it now. See that, like that's like that's like an anxiety dream. Talk like, about it. The, Tell me about it. Well, there's. It's almost like because because he used to make these um, he used to make like three D uh, collages. Like, have you ever seen any of his art? No. So he's, <laughs> He used to do a lot of art and he did a lot of sculpting and um, he would take like, um, he would go to like secondhand shops and buy um, like medical kind of, you know, like when you go into a doctor's office and there'll be like a 3D heart that you can take apart. Mm -hmm. Like he would find like secondhand stuff like that and then make art with it. Oh, cool. And, um, and he would take like, like, um like like a like a pregnant woman's stomach with the baby in, and like he would make like art out of it, and um, like that music video is like being inside one of his sculptures because it's like there's all these like poppies everywhere, and then like he has this guy who's kind of like a Jesus figure is being crucified, um, but he's got like a almost like a a big like dunce hat on. And then, like, there's this little girl who, like, <clears throat> this little girl who walks up, and I think she hands him, like, a fetus. And then, like, they're in this room, mm -hmm. which is, like, claustrophobically small, and it looks even more small when Chris, the bassist, stands up because he's, like, almost seven foot. And, like, it's got that kind of... It's almost like... Uh, uh, what's the... It, it's, like, it's, like... It's like an illusion of distance. Like it's mm. it's all this crazy videography going going on, and um, I think his name's Gus Gus Van Sant. Mm -hmm. He's a mm -hmm. director, and he directed it, which gives it even more kind of clarity to the vision. But um, yeah, like that's just a great. That's so great cool. Like it's so much deeper than you think it is, right? Like they they take the 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 song and they just like bring it to life in a way that like. That's so crazy. Yeah. I love that shit. Like I, I get, I get choked up and I can't even talk about it. Cause I'm like, I, I haven't seen it yet, but it's so I'm, I think I'm deep is what I'm trying to say. And then I'm like, Oh dude, I'm like so shallow compared to these people who actually like completely have this vision and they like bring it into being like from, from the first pick of the guitar to like the end of the video production and all that kind of stuff. Like it's an entire production. It's so fucking yeah, cool, yeah. man. I have, I have um, a paperback copy of Kirkabane's journal, and there's like mood boards, like he, him, like drawing what he wants the music videos to look like, and like what he wants the albums to look like, wow. and all sorts. Like he was, people are just like, oh, Nirvana, like it's not, you know, it's. Like I didn't know it was like that either, though, because I'm, I wouldn't, I'm nowhere near an avid fan, right? Like there's a few Nirvana songs that I like, and they're cool and stuff, and I knew the guy had like a lot of issues and he was like an interesting dude i didn't even know he made art like other art aside from music yeah he could have done like he he could have pretty much done anything he wanted really i think in the artistic space you know um there's videos from like 86 that he recorded on his own like uh camcorder mm -hmm. and and he's like doing all fucked up shit with his art and like making all little things out of it like you can find them on the internet because I think they they released that on some kind of box set. But yeah, he could he could have done anything. He could have been a painter. He could like it's it's fucked up what happened. I mean, it's like that with so many. It's like Jimi Hendrix. I think Jimi Hendrix was um, 
also a painter like a lot of these people like they could have done so much more it's kind of it's it's shit that's why it's so good to see people like you know like trent getting straight on the straight and narrow you know what i mean yeah that's why i appreciate him like and you you can tell throughout his discography like he because he his music is about his experiences right like the downward spiral like all his albums have like a personal significance obviously and you see like he went from like just really angry grungy kind of like dirty sounds and and now he's like composing like he's composing scores for for movies and stuff so like his evolution you've seen through his music like his personal evolution you see through the evolution of like his music and his albums and like the sounds he's creating and stuff and it's so cool it's it's like one of my favorite things about him and i like that about people in general is like if you're if you fall down a hole so deep where you're like you stare into the abyss and you fall right in and then you make it back out because he had like a heavy heroin problem like heavy and remember he was saying something like in order for me to create something i needed to be in that place where it was like either i'm gonna punch a wall or i'm gonna make a song oh yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah like i'm either gonna i need to be super fucking angry or and like in this place or 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 no like it's not happening and then he like shifted where he's like i have to find a way to channel all that no matter what it is into making his music and like it's just i don't know there's so much there i'm i'm obsessed obviously that's like it's my thing now yeah that's inspiring it is yes it definitely is i mean like that that could going back to what i was talking about with uh anton newcomb from the Brian Jones time massacre. Mm-hmm. It was the same for me, you know, seeing his process and his attitudes toward music, and it, it's it's inspiring to see people at their work or talking about it. And it, like I, you know, when you're younger, you read about Jim Morrison and all these guys who are like alcoholics or you know drug addicts, <clears throat> and um. You, you know, when you're younger, you think, oh, isn't that, that's, like, cool. But you realize that it probably hindered them a lot more than it helped them. Yeah. Like, because just look at, like, how artists kind of blossom after they get straight, if they do, you know. um, Like, uh, like Van Gogh, if you look at his, and obviously, that's not how you pronounce his name, but I'm not fucking Dutch, so I'm going to say it like a dumb American. <laughs> but, uh, Van Gogh, Van Gogh, you got like he had horrible mental illness, like legit mental illness, and half of those paintings that you see is his periods of clarity after he had mental breakdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see this kind of like almost um, deification of the mentally ill artist or the mentally ill young male. And, like, it fucking disgusts me because, like, yeah, they create something, like, amazing in in their times of, you know, being lucid. Mm -hmm. But after that, it's fucking hell for them, you know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of uh, induced mental illness out there because of those ideas. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I don't don't like all that stuff. Like, people are like, oh, crazy is kind of cool. Like, maybe I can be an artist. I'm an artist. I'm crazy. 
or whatever, yeah. you know, like I have mental illness. I'm not well. That must mean I'm going to be able to create something like not necessarily. Well, I mean, I don't think it helps. like if you've got a drug habit or whatever, like just because artists have had like that stops them. Yeah. Like oh, I yeah. don't I don't think there's a song, a good song out there that was actually written or rec or even more so recorded when someone was high. Yeah. You know, I really I try like I think there's two worlds. There's like when they create the music and then when they get fucked up. Like I don't think that the two happen at the same time. Like I just don't think it's possible. Like most famous example I can think of is the Beatles. Like I was gonna say, yeah. It acids in the studio by accident, right? Well, actually, it was just John Lennon. He took some by accident, mm -hmm. and they had to stop the recording session and take him up to the roof to get him fresh air because they couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, like they didn't get any fucking work done. So it's not, it's not fucking, it's not cool. Well, dude, when you're it? on drugs and stuff, first of all, if you're going through like a, a mental health, uh, mental health episode, you're you can't really there's no real control over what happens, right? Like you don't, you feel down. You don't want to do the things that you love because you feel dampened by the illness. And then especially particularly with drugs, once you're high, your brain goes crazy. And it's like, you can't decide what you want to do. It's really difficult to focus. Your whole brain is like mixing together parts of your brain that don't typically communicate are communicating. So it's very difficult to sit and focus on one task right like or you might try and focus on one task but you're not going to be able to stick to creating one song you might be like your brain might be trying to create like eight songs at once and you can't organize it because your brain is doing this thing where it's all like mixing yeah. up and stuff right so exactly <clears throat> um i mean i think if someone has like a glass of wine or a joint well that's yeah, yeah that's one thing but we're talking about like you know acid mushrooms any of those heroin like heroin. like you're not gonna fucking write a song on heroin you might write a song when you fucking when you've come out you know yeah yeah but like you're not gonna write a song on heroin you know what i mean mm. it's not a it's not have you ever seen a montage of heck mm -mm. what's that it was a documentary that came out in like 2016 i think mm-hmm about uh it's like the only official nirvana documentary uh which was kind of like given the okay by the family mm -hmm. and there's footage in there of like kurt like he's like hunched over and he's like he's like rail thin and he's got like scabs all over his face and shit and it's like it's just fucking horrible man like uh, people people who glorify that shit it pisses me off like i every, like mental health awareness month and all that shit on on twitter like uh, I, just... that's just theater everything is just theater nobody actually does anything that is good to facilitate healthy behaviors to get somebody out of mental health everybody's just like oh my god guys it's mental health awareness month that's cool yeah. what are you doing to make it easier for your friends have you offered to talk to them? Have you offered to listen to them? Have you offered to go and visit them and maybe spend some time so that they don't feel so alone and afraid and, and like scared of the, what's happening in their mind because they can't understand it because it's just like chaos just is continuously breeding more chaos in their mind. It's like all this COVID shit too. People are like, oh my God, what about people's mental health? And it's like, when was the last time you sat down and had a heart to heart with your friend or people you cared about? 
to help them through something they may be feeling difficult about. You're not fucking doing that. All you motherfuckers are out here distracting distracting yourselves on the internet trying to run away from the thing that's going to keep coming back and haunting your mind. Nobody's actually taking care of the problem. But we think we are because we have an awareness month for it. You know? It's yeah. all fucking theater. It's all fucking theater. And it's so weird. It's like, rec- yes, very cool that someone like Kurt Cobain or someone like Trent Reznor or whoever, they go through their drug problems and we don't see... like. It's all highlight reels, right? Like their albums and the videos that come out. These are their highlight reels. This is the work that is has manifested after all the dark periods. We're not privy to any of their dark periods. We don't know what that looks like. You can kind of understand it when you like listen to some of Trent's music. For example, like some of it's darker and it just has like a... A lot of his songs have like a crawl. You know what I mean? Like it's like they're inching forward slowly. Like that's the space he's in. Like everything that's happening is just slowly inching forward. And you're just, he's like taking you through this experience where it's inching forward. But it's never like a constant thing. And that's where, like I think the highlight reel mentality we live in, we're like we only see the good of people's lives on social media. We only see highlight reels makes people think that that's all it is it's like oh all the bad shit we haven't seen it we're seeing all the good stuff so obviously it's just amazing and maybe it's a good thing this person has a mental health illness because then there wouldn't be this record or that record and it's like yeah it is kind of weird yeah it was that uh that lad who died recently uh mac miller yeah yeah like people you know they don't they give a shit if he's going out with fucking Ariana Grande, but they don't, you know what I mean? They don't, um, but I mean, what, what can people do really? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the other thing. If somebody wants to get better, they've only got themselves to fucking look to. Yeah. And music is a great outlet for it. I mean, that's why you have like all these things produced. See, even I'm on that thought. It's like, I can understand it. You can understand that. Like, this is this like album is produced because this person went through like such anguish and such pain and like you hear it in the record you hear it in the tension in their voice in this song you hear it in the guitar strings and the notes and like the 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 thing that i was telling you about trent like one of the things that really gets me is like there's some really screechy and unsettling sounds that when you listen to a song you're like something is really off here like it all works it's great but there's this aspect of it that's just like a little off and it makes you feel a little unsettled so he did him and atticus ross produced the music for that vietnam documentary that, that's on netflix the docuseries right. and like it's funny because as soon as you hear it you're like oh shit like you can just you hear trent you know it's him like there's just something that he does it's like dead mouse there's a there's a very particular sound that comes out of Dead Mouse that if you listen to a bunch of his tracks, you notice it where like if you're experienced enough and you hear a song and you don't know the name of it, you're like, oh shit, that's Joel or oh shit, that's Trent or like this has a Trenty vibe because there's there's just something that he's put together that has like a general feel. It, it's a really intimate way to get to know somebody music. Because those sounds of yeah. personalities and then, like, obviously the context and all that kind of stuff, like, it's just, 
it's such a it's an interesting method of storytelling it's the it's the vocabulary yes you, know? you listen to um i think it's called uh, a basement on the hill which is the last elliot smith album oh my god he's so depressing <laughs> i knew you'd say that <laughs> but yeah like last that last album it's like creepy yeah it's really also i think what makes it even more creepy is the production because i think he died before it was finished so they kind of had to like piece it together Ooh. and it's like there's some tracks where they obviously weren't able to re-record it like it's probably like a demo or just like a a real quick recording to see how they were gonna record the song or structure it. and you can hear like you know him moving on like the like piano chair and like oh. and stuff and um but i like that yeah. like i love hearing music that makes me feel unsettled or like i get goosebumps or i react to it so much like that's trent like i it's really weird to say but i'm i feel him like the vibrations that are created remember i was talking to you and i was getting all excited last week about how like Music is just like the ultimate order of vibrations. The universe is vibrations. Everything around us is created because of vibrational patterns that are just emerging from all the chaos. And like music is the only thing that's perfectly ordered. It's perfect. There's no yeah. distortions. There's no interference or whatever unless it's meant to be there. And it's like just, just the relationship a person has to the vibrations to create a vibe in a song and like he's really fucking good at that if he wants you to feel unsettled you feel it when you listen to a song and then there's songs that are like dark but they have like these piano keys sean and it's just like a little it's like two notes that he'll hit but it's like it it makes it hopeful like there's a dark feeling but it's hopeful like that song find my way He's super soft and his voice is so vulnerable and like it just has like that those two dun, dun. is that that's the one um Lord my path the, is gone astray. It, yeah. It's got um it was really interesting because it had these like piano parts in it that sounded like something from a Moby song. Have you ever listened to Moby? Yeah, I know who Moby is. I don't know if I'm too familiar with his music. Like I've heard a couple songs, but not that I remember because you know my memory. It's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> that that song had like it had these like Moby style pianos in, and that was really really cool. I, that I did like that song. Like I noticed as well a lot of um. There was, I think it sounds like he was listening to a lot of, um, like UK, um, like electronic music or like European techno, uh, like not like techno, but like, you know, electronic music, mm -hmm. like garage and things like that, that came out. It just, it just has that, it has that feel, but you're right. There is, there is a, there's an unsteady feel in a lot of those songs, even though the, the beats are so kind of strong and like on the grid mm -hmm. like they there's this weird it's like um it flows but it's got a rigidity to it you know what i'm saying and like that rigidity makes you kind of feel uns like unstable because you feel like you like you're stuck it's like a claustrophobic feeling i think so that's that's 
I got it. The interesting thing about this album is I was actually just reading about it before. And like the thing that Trent was talking about is like, he's, he's really exploring like a, the line or the relationship between order and chaos. So there's that rigidity there, but there's also a flow. You know what I mean? It's like both those things exist and you're oscillating between order, like the feeling of order and chaos, because obviously the music is it's ordered. Right. But like the feeling of chaos of like confusion, I'm just trying to find my way. My path has gone astray. And then the fucking lyrics come in and you're like, Never mind how the song sounds. The lyrics are so fucking on point too. Like it, it all just works together to create this experience. You know, they create, they um, released a, um, it's, what is it called? I gotta look now. Um, they released a version with extended dynamic range. So for people who actually like to listen, the audio files, yeah which to me doesn't really mean anything so i was going to ask you what that means what does it mean like there's a standard version and then there's the extended dynamic range version what's the difference so if you saw if it's if it's to do with um the frequencies that'll just be they'll probably more low end or you're gonna have so when you when you eq music Mm -hmm. you're gonna have you know, you're gonna have your low end, your mids, and then your high, your highs, basically, in terms of like frequency ranges. And um, like you're gonna cut a lot of the low end out, and like you're gonna, you're basically gonna mold the frequencies to so the so the instruments have their own place to sit in. Mm-hmm. And if you're extending that range, you probably ju- it's probably um. Yeah, it'll, it'll just be like extending the frequency range okay. within 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 the um the mix and all the mastering. So what does that do for uh, sound? Well, it'd be it'll it'll add more. It'll add like a fuller sound. You know what I mean? So you're not gonna. It's like if you have you know if you have a subwoofer, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear and feel more low end frequency than you would if you were just listening on headphones like that. Mm-hmm. Like and then if you have studio monitors, you're gonna get more low end. You're gonna be able to hear, you know, more highs. The mids are gonna be more, you know, gonna be fuller. Mm. It's, uh, I mean, that's what I would guess, but I'd have to look into it. You see, so don't quote me on that. All right, just fun to talk about. <laughs> I was like, because I was like, hmm, what does that mean? I don't even understand. So let me see. I want to look at something that he said so there's separate versions of the album first of all too where was i reading i didn't realize of course i should be a little bit more in tune with the idea that of course every song that he's written is meant to like it there's like a there's a theme there's a theme to all the albums right like year zero for example has a very particular, they all have a very particular theme and like every song just kind of plays through that, which I wouldn't even understand unless I listened to the whole thing. And now to read about it is even cooler because sometimes you don't get it. Like you have to listen to things so many times. You know what I mean? And if you're not listening, if you're listening while doing things, not just laying down and listening, 
Mm. You don't you don't get out of the music. You're not as attentive to everything that's happening in your ears. So you don't like I just don't catch stuff unless I actually spend time to listen. Yeah, because I remember like people are always like a lot of my friends, like, you know, before I was ever like, you know, smoking weed and all that shit, like <clears throat> a lot of my mates were already into that and they would talk about Pink Floyd and I thought it was just like hippy dippy bollocks, you know, and they were like, you really need to like sit down with like headphones on and listen to the album. And I thought it was all bullshit, but then like you actually do do it and yeah, you get a whole you get a whole other uh it's like it's like if you look at a picture over and over again oh it's like if you say a word over and over again you start hearing it in different ways yeah yeah what was that that with that album just remind me of that meme that was going around laurel and yanni or whatever do you remember that yeah yeah like what what do you hear yeah and also like what do you see like it would be in cursive and then if you look at it it looked like one but then you could also see the other one in it too like, that was the. I thought that was the blue dress. No, there's an actual Laurel. Oh, I can't remember the the name they used. The two names, but it was written in cursive and it was put in a meme. And if you looked at it, it looked like it could spell both. All right. No, I only I only had the. It was like some woman's voice saying Laurel, and sometimes it sounded like Yanni. Mm. Yeah, that was the that was the only one I had, and like people started like going like, well, if you hear this you know you're this type of person and but all this bullshit i mean it's just it's just the audio illusion really i mean it's all really um, mental illusions isn't it if you want to see something you can easily induce the vision certain things i mean i i don't know i think uh i've never experienced that no. unless i was on mushrooms or something hmm. um i think I think you can certainly tell yourself something. That's true. Yeah. You know, like if you tell yourself, this is who I am, or if you have an anxiety and you focus on whatever you're anxious about for long enough, it will become real. Like mm-hmm. something you shouldn't be scared of, you know, will become your worst fucking nightmare if you let it, if you keep telling yourself that it is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so one thing I wanted to talk to you about was I can't remember the song on Kid A, but you'll remember um, where like I think it was either the trombone or the saxophone just makes an appearance. Um, it was um, it's a national anthem. Yeah, that is so fucking rad too. Like to be able to you like you i would never expect to hear saxophones or trombones or anything of that sort in an album like that and then you do and it's like it just works and it's so fucking cool so there was that one song on hesitation marks that had it too i think it's called while i'm still here if i'm not mistaken where it's like the last one yeah it's the last one where it's like yeah where are these coming from it's kind of cool that i thought i thought the last song was going to be like this real big but well, that song's quite chill and it kind of just takes you out of the album and it's kind of just like a nice goodbye mm-hmm. after leaving a party. It's like, yeah, nice seeing you. And they just like walk you out the door. <laughs> that, that's what it me. It had that kind of feel about it. It was really like chill. And uh, yeah, yeah, but you're right. Like it, you, you expect to hear like brass 
songs on like northern soul songs or like like a soul track mm. or like you know so various methods of escape is another really cool song and the reason i love that song is because it reminds me of this other song called clap hands by tom waits have you heard that song i'm not a big tom waits fan actually but that's i've only ever heard chocolate jesus just just plastic go google give it a goog babo give it a goog babo go listen to the first three seconds of clap hands just to hear the instruments and like what that sounds like. There's a part in various methods of escape that kind of has that feel to it where there's like ringing and like stuff happening and it sounds real fucking cool. Let me do it right now. Yeah, do it right now. Okay. I'll wait for you. I want I want I want real time feedback. <laughs> I haven't got any choice. I'm gonna plug my headphones into my laptop so I won't be able to hear you. So, That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I'll you wait. just go do you just go do what you do best and don't shut the fuck up. Yes. <laughs> oh my god it's so fun to nerd out about music because i'm like newly starting to to really like dig my claws into making it i guess i wouldn't even really say that i'm i'm deep or anything but like it makes me want to learn more about it and just kind of separate the layers of music and and hear those things separately and then like understand the context that each sound is in and it's just fucking so cool it makes you realize like oh dude i ain't shit like this is so difficult that people do this no wonder they go away for a year or two or however long it is to create an album because they have to spend all the time like editing and like putting together these things and there's sound design involved and all this cool shit and it's just like it's so cool. It's like a fun, immersive experience. It's so cool to create. You're essentially creating an auditory environment with a song. You good? Can you hear me yet? No, I can't. He's listening to the Tom White song I just told him about, which is a really great song, which I got from someone else, by the way. I never would have heard that song any other way. Someone obviously had to tell me about it. Somebody obviously had to tell me about it. That's like a lot of music. It's cool. I love when people share music with me. So me and him now are playing this music game where once a week we'll give each other an album. I'm like, I'm going to send you albums and I'm just going to send you songs I like. And then we can have fun and like talk about them or not. Like whether it's here or whether it's just together on the phone to yap about. It's so much fun because I learn a lot from him. Well, are you back, cat? Right, I like his voice in that song. You don't? You're not a big Tom Waits fan? Why? Uh, no, I'm not. It's it's just I've never like I, I think it's called Plastic Jesus or Chocolate Jesus or something that I heard, mm-hmm. and I do. It's not something I wouldn't get into. It's just one of those bands that never. Well, one of those artists that I never got into. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't feel like. Like I, Alf, to me, like Elliot Smith, for example, I never knew who the fuck he was up until like four years ago, mm-hmm. and I stumbled across one of his songs, and then I was just like blown away. And the next minute, I was just going through all his stuff, and I like, you know, it, I think artists find you like when they're meant to find you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like my dad's like a huge jazz fan, and I don't listen to like any jazz, but I know at some point when I get older. I'll end up going through like a jazz renaissance in my mind, you know yeah. what I mean? So, but yeah, what, what, 
what was it what was it you were saying about the similarities between the songs there is the, so, so that like the that like i don't even know how to use the words here the instrumentation that's occurring there's a there's a part like near the end of various methods of escape that has that same kind of like like there's like a bunch of ringing and like oh uh, like yeah 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 it's the it's, it's very tribal and it's very like yeah. and it's uh, it just sounds so pleasant in the ear you know what i mean and then like with the tom Waits song like his voice comes in and it's just like it's all raspy and like deep and dark and like kind of fucking clap hands you know <laughs> yeah it's so good oh yeah it's um, it's a uh, i think i know i know what you're on about because it's the fair like the the drum beat that comes in at the start of that tom Waits song yeah yeah it's very tribal mm -hmm. it's it's like a labored drum beat it's like yeah. behind the fucking beat you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, it's actually similar to um, <clears throat> on my album, um, Rifle. It's got that same kind of beat. It's like very labored and like tribal. Which I'm going to do a listen through of yours again. That Bellyache song was really fucking rad. Uh, the what a cool done, song. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I forget. I'm like, oh, he's actually pretty good at this. <laughs> how did i forget <laughs> yeah no that's like it's funny because i was thinking i was i was getting really frustrated with the song the other day and every time i get frustrated now i just remind myself like you know i think i wrote my first song when i was like 19 20 and I remember always being frustrated, like, I need more songs. I wish I could just write songs, like, and now I'm at the point where I've got, like, like four or five albums. Oh, you're worth the, of... you're, you've gotten good at that. So what did it start off as for you? Because every time I'm like, I'm going to write a song, it, it's, it's like, it's like fucking slam poetry bullshit. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is fucking gay. Like, <laughs> I remember saying to you, like, oh, God, months ago, um, that I'll have to show you like one of my first ever notebooks because yeah. it's all terrible. It's all like the worst shit. There's one song in there that there's one song in there that I would probably record today, but I would change a lot of it. Yeah. But it's very simple. It's like one of the first songs where I thought, oh, actually, that's all right. Like if I keep going, I'll get better. Yeah. Um, but what do you mean in terms of like the actual process or trying to get yourself to do it or? Yeah, like I just don't. I, I write things down and like the format it often takes is like a poem you would write in like fucking fourth grade. You know what I mean? Like A, B, A, B rhyme scheme. And it's just like boring. Like, yeah, you want to try like the, the like, remember how you were talking to we were talking about Nicki Minaj and monster, how you make like the middle of a word rhyme instead of the end of the word, like doing creative stuff like that. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's way more cool. So I'd like, but again, like I can't, I recognize I can't just get there. I actually have to get through the the weird, awkward, whatever it is to like understand better how to configure words. And and then there's the entirely separate act of like, well, now put this to a melody that can work. Okay. So in terms of lyrics, you've got to learn what you like. And 
listen to how listen to like because i i listen to like dave bowie about his methods you know he learned a lot from <clears throat> uh, william burroughs who was uh, a novelist he was a writer he wasn't a musician but like mm-hmm. he he came up with this thing um there was this artist who was friends with william burroughs who would um cut his canvas and he had a lot of newspaper underneath where he would paint and it would cut up the words and he found that the cut up newspaper articles because all the words were cut up you could mix them together and ah. you would come up with that so like david bowie would use a lot of that um david ben from the talking heads he literally writes the music or like he, he did this with a few albums i don't know if he still does this but and he would play the music back to himself and then he would have a tape recorder and he would like sing the melody that he was hearing and then force words into it. And it mm. may be just like the end of a word or the beginning of a word or like a bunch of words mushed together that are making a sound out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And if you just do that over and over enough, either playing the guitar or listening to the song over and over again, doing that before you know it, 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 the melody implies words and then the words imply melody and it becomes more and more structured. And it's like just carving off like stone off a block, like, you know, creating a sculpture, Mm -hmm. like you can do that. Um, but sometimes like you just, you'll just write a lyric that just works so well. Yeah. You know, and then there's the rit- the rhythmic sense of a word. There's, you know, and then also certain vowels when you sing them, you know, it's easier to sing high in certain vowels. It's easy to sing low in certain vowels. Yeah. So certain words will imply melodies that way. Um, so that that's something that you just have to, like, push through the awkwardness of not knowing where the song's going or what it's going to do. But in terms of lyrics... You just need to listen to like, like Jim Morrison always said, give things like double meanings. So like using words like your, like I say, I don't say you are like, I'll be like, you're a dick. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm, I'm singing like you're like, you don't really know unless the, unless the lyrics are perfectly like, you know, it's, it implies the type of your I'm using, but if you make it vague enough, it, it could be it either. Can mean, it could be either, which which then gives, like it it gives the audience an opportunity to come to their own conclusion and get their own feeling mm-hmm. from the music and from the words because, and like that's where double meanings come in into play, um, because you want to be vague enough for people to relate to it, but you want to be descriptive enough to say what you want to say if you're trying to say something and also give people a narrative to follow along, especially if you're actually like a narrative writer, like Bob Dylan or something like that. But I would say like lyrically, you need to like learn what you really like and concentrate it down into what you do. And, um, and just listen to fucking music and find new songs that you don't really know the lyrics to yet. Mm -hmm. And before you know, you'll be writing lyrics in your head mm-hmm. and like the more you do it you just do it without even thinking like i'll be in the shower or something listening to music and lyrical ideas come into my head or that happens to me too so i just record them on my phone now and now like there's just a bank there of like random times where i'm like oh my god i like this 
I like this sentence. I'm going to turn it into a melody. And I've done that. And then I'm like, well, I haven't really learned how to vocal process yet. So I'll just save these for that time. Cause I just like, there's a million fun things to say. Remember I was telling you, like I could just sit in front of the computer and like I hit record and I'll just start rapping about breakfast. And now I'm talking about scrambled eggs. And now I'm actually thinking that this, I'm the imagery is scrambled eggs, but in my head, what I'm actually talking about is my brain. Like my brain is scrambled eggs scrambled yeah, eggs exactly. every morning type thing you know what i mean and then you like build from that concept and then like over over just a little bit of thought you have like this whole conceptual layer now that you can add to music but then comes in like there has to be there's so much you can do right like um it could be like like there's that double meaning thing the words are fun and the sound is fun but the concept is actually really dark underneath it like we were talking about like like um that pumped up kick song. You were talking about that Smith song where like the music is like so upbeat and happy, but the subject matter is really dark and depressing. Girlfriend in a comb, yeah. Yeah, that one. Um pumped up kick is, is always the one I think of with that too. And like there's there's just so many options to be able to Hey uh by um, Oh god, yeah. Outcast. Like that Yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, that's that's about like the family breakdown and it's this song that makes you just want to fucking move you know yeah that's like the juxtaposition between using you know more major chords to uh imply one thing and then saying things saying more darker things with with the words you're using yeah and but, if you um, don't listen to the lyrics think, you wouldn't even be able to tell it just sounds like a fun happy club dance song that everybody gets yeah. excited to hear. And it's like, you guys are all dancing to the fact that this fucking family is being torn apart. Exactly. What? What is it? <laughs> but that's what's great. It's like, um, I think it was uh, Camus. Was it Camus? I can't remember. Some, some philosopher talking about how art is kind of like, you know, it's subjective and it's, kind of absurd mm -hmm. like the concept of itself it's so kind of self um it's such a selfish pursuit at the end of the day especially mm -hmm. if you're writing songs in life in a lot of ways um but uh yeah so like those kind of songs they encapsulate that like you know it, it reflects how absurd the world can be how it right is it. it is absurd that's what comedy uh, yeah. is too right like it's taking life and turning it funny <laughs> laughing at yeah. dar the dark parts things things that make you want to cry when you're in the center of it and you're feeling it all but then hindsight's 2020 and you can laugh about it or write a song about it i know i know when i i feel worse in life generally like and more kind of mentally constipated yeah 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 mm -hmm. when i actually write something like the feeling the 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 feeling of actually finishing something i get a good feeling from that but then also like say if it's a song about whatever it may be something i'm struggling with or whatever or i feel it may not even be about that but say if it's just i'm feeling shit uh, getting something out just makes me feel so much uh so much better and music can do that. And I think the thing about comedy, why this is why I always think comedy is the superior art form because in terms of how hard it is to perform live, but and and the fact is, it's like 
you're getting real-time feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, every time you do it, you're getting real-time feedback of, of what you think. Like, people laughing is an acknowledgement of how you feel about something. Mm-hmm. With music, it's like, most of the time you're in the studio and then, like, you know, you're putting out a song out there and then you don't... Someone might just say, oh, it's a good song or he did a good job. There's no, like, and you if- can't see the thought process. You see, like, the end result of the thought processes, but you're not really aware of the thought processes, whereas, like, with thoughts, it's a little different because the joke is the thought process, and that's why it's funny. Exactly. Like, that's yeah, on yeah. display. Yeah, and it's more it's more kind of obfuscated in, in, in music because, you know, sometimes people are playing characters. You know, David Bowie played a character to try and express himself, you know. So you can never really tell is this completely honest or is this just cool web word play? Yeah. This is what Zach thinks. But with comedy, it's so direct to the fucking, you know, intravenous. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's. But yeah, lyrics, I mean, I won't worry about it, Amy. Like, if you haven't been doing it that long, I mean, I've been doing it for like. I'm not worried, but you know, like, there's this thing where I'm like, oh, I should try and make them kind of like, oh, they should be like esoteric or fucking cool. And then you listen to like Trent Reznor, and his lyrics are very direct and simple. Like, there's nothing yeah. super complicating happening with his lyrics, but he's so fucking smart and good at it that like he can use the bare bones basic shit. And like, there's like such a texturized picture painted like have you ever seen the cover of pretty hate machine it's like pink and purple and and it's all texture like that's what that's 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 him you know like he's he's very textured he's like he's so deep man <laughs> well you know he's what is he in his 40s or something no he's no. 50 50 so yeah, he would be in his 50s. Fuck, he is so hot, too. Like, he looks crazy for his age, man. It's insane. Are, yeah, he yeah, was like especially. this He was like this really kind of scrawny, like, awkward kind of kid when he first started making music. And, like, that's a, another thing you see is, like, you see him evolve physically. Like, he's starting to take care of himself, right? Like, now he's married. He has two children. His wife is beautiful they have a side project how to destroy angels and uh they make music together too and it's just like his life and everything is evolving like in front of you so it's so cool to see like the story of the guy come through his albums and like his advancement as a person and his niche and his career is like all in front of you the whole narrative it just comes together to where he is now so it's it's just so cool to see that and he still puts out yeah. shit all the time. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's, I think most people get scared that it's going to run out. I know I do. Like, I always think if I haven't written a song for like a few weeks or a month or two, mm-hmm. I feel like shit, is it going to, was that last song I wrote the last I was ever going to write? But uh, it is, that's why it's amazing to see like, People like David Bowie, just right up until he died, you know, he even wrote an album about dying. Mm-hmm. Kind of perfect for him, really, you know, it's the perfect, uh, I mean. That's so funny, that's like, that's Hitch. And like, remember Hitch, he just worked and worked, uh, and then when he was dying, he also wrote a book while he was dying about dying and like mortality. That's what it was called, right? Mortality. And so I only ever read the, uh, there was an article he wrote about dying that somebody asked, I think it was in, 
think he might have done it with Vanity Fair. Yeah, Because that was one of the best people he worked for, weren't it? Um, Dude, he has crazy about... articles. Christopher Hitchens was such a great writer. Yeah, he's prolific as well. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, it is kind of the perfect subject matter and the perfect place to to be in if you're a creative expressive person because you're dying so you're kind of like well fuck it like what have I got to lose like I'm just gonna do what I want to do and I can say what I want to say and it's such an it's got to be such an intense experience to be dying from something you know like a disease Mm -hmm. especially if you know you're fucked like that it's kind of it's the perfect kind of window really um in terms because you know i i know that sometimes i have to force myself to sit down but if you've got no other choice to, to sit down right and then you gotta got to make this, the best of sitting down yeah and you've got this new experience you've got this new experience that you've you know because i'm sure as you get older and things just become more monotonous it's probably hard to be an artist um i mean that's why musicians usually write their worst thing when they're stuck on tour because they've got like nothing to really write about it's not like you're actually seeing the cities you go to you're seeing the fucking bus mm. for the majority of your fucking time and you know well, you gotta I, like I, live I, life a little bit to have something to write about right like that's why exactly. like Trent always talks about whenever he's he's like producing or doing any of that like he just kind of hides away Trent just goes missing you know, like he just gets right into himself and then he's like doing whatever he wants to do, however long that is, because that's what helps him. And I think that like really getting into that creative process, that's what it is. Like even when I sit in front of Fruity Loops with my remedial skills, like you need to you can't have any distractions. You have to be into this thing if you actually yeah, want to get out of it what you are expecting you have to put the time in yeah well, that's why that's why i feel like an asshole when i'm working on music because like i'm not speaking to people as much as i usually would uh, or like you know i'm kind of i'm not as available and things like that and it that's why i always come back to saying that artistic endeavors are a very selfish thing because it is very uh myopic and kind of self-centered because it's like you're, you're you can only talk from your personal experience yeah i think right? i mean it's hard to unless you're like fucking bob dylan who can write a song about anything you know writing songs about shit you see reads in a fucking newspaper you know um but yeah i think it is true i mean like the that album i put out there all the first songs i ever wrote and that was when i was becoming more and more isolated you know, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And um and I started wanting to play guitar because I was come becoming more obsessed with music. I would watch documentaries and read books about them all the fuck about musicians all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And I finally got myself a guitar and then within like a year or two I wrote that song I was talking about earlier. And then by like the next year or something I had a, a handful of songs and then it just kept going and going and going learning about i had a little four track i don't think it's here but i had a little four track machine that i would like they were very early recordings Mm -hmm. and yeah just the songs became better and my lyrics 
became better and just everything got better the mm. more isolated i become because it was all i was doing yeah yeah you know what i mean that's all i was doing so i think you're right but the thing is you've got to balance that and it to, for it to be healthy you know what i mean especially and like so if you solidify yourself as a natural artist and you get to tour you know if you go out and tour and see the world and travel and make sure you're exercising eating properly and treating yourself he- healthy you know that's going to feed your brain mm-hmm. and make sure you don't turn into a fucking complete hermit <laughs> and then then you can go and express yourself and shut yourself away for a little but bit i don't know cause... yeah i think it's definitely there's something to isolation and complete solitude that is it just works wonders you know what i mean like i disappeared for a couple months i didn't want to do i just wanted to be in my own head like even just to to work out some of the internal chaos and stuff however that expresses itself or comes out or whatever like if you take that energy and put it into something and totally focus it also like when you come out of it like i find i feel way better i'm like oh I purged my, like, I purged my current understanding of my environment, of everything. And now it's easier to determine for myself what is actually useful for me to have around and what is not. And that's how you change your environment, is you actually have to pull yourself out of it entirely to recognize each individual component that could have been causing some sort of effect that was affecting you daily that you don't really know of until you isolate and also isolate those variables. But you can't do that with distractions. You need to take time and do it on your own. No one can help you with that. I mean, if you're that fucked up, yeah, go see a psychiatrist or, or whatever, right? But, or a psychologist, whatever. But like, if you really want to just be able to think clearly and, and declutter, you just have to be away from the things that you've been around that are part of the clutter yeah well, i mean for me it was more of mine was different yeah you know like i i isolated myself for different reasons and then and then when i isolate myself to the point where it was like oh shit like now i actually do have nothing mm-hmm. like i had nothing to go back to so then i had to like rebuild that um so it was a bit different for me but i'm getting like you know you know, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, we spoke about this before, but yeah, I, it was very, it's very different for me. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it is interesting because you look at like, and anyone watching, I'm not fucking saying I'm a fucking prophet or anything <laughs> like that. If you look at a lot of like religious texts or, you know, stories throughout time, like, people that go away and isolate themselves and come back, they usually come back with some kind of knowledge or, mm-hmm. you know, and like that, that's obviously a hyper version of what actually happens. I think you just come back with more clarity or you've been forced to, um, forced to examine yourself. And, uh, sometimes you can come back more mature or whatever it may be. So there is, there is merit to that kind of thing. But, um, at the end of the day, like, You know we're 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 social animals, so you you need it, you know. And that's what I had. That's I had to learn that the long the the hard way because I thought like, oh fuck this, I'll be completely fucking fine. <laughs> Me and my guitar, I'll fuck the world, you know. <laughs> you know? The tortured artiste. 
That is the well, lament of every tortured artist. It's me against the world, man. But there really is something to that because when you get into yourself, it just, it does feel like you're the only one experiencing this. And a lot of the time you don't realize like everybody's doing the same shit. They're all distracting themselves and running away from the, the deepest parts of themselves. And it never brings anything, but it's always causing turmoil under the surface of everything else that people just keep throwing on top of their psyche to make them think it's not there. But that shit just like sits in your subconscious and it rots to the day. Like, why do you think the the deathbed regret story is so prevalent everywhere? You know, like people wait till the day that they die to realize, oh, I could have done this differently. I could have treated this person differently. I could have used this energy that I was ignoring for all this time to actually improve my situation, to improve my quality of life and like how I interface with it. But it doesn't happen. It's very difficult. Like so many of us are, we're just zombies. People are so stuck in their fucking brain patterns and they, they keep, we keep facilitating the conditions that keep us in a comfort zone. You know what I mean? Even like you get you get lost in it. That's why I was like, I need to do something different. I want to learn to make music because I'm actually quite uncomfortable making music because when you suck at something, it's really uncomfortable. You're like, I can't create this thing. I'm not I'm not able to express myself in the way that I want to because this is not a language I'm familiar with. And it's all it all comes down to linguistics and different systems of language to express yourself like English is not sufficient sometimes but having a string of sounds really be able to like the clarity with which Trent Reznor can can bring a feeling to you simply by like a few guitar strings a few piano keys some textures and like a a beat or like a a pace you know what I mean that is like that's like high level expression like he's just gotten incredibly good at expressing himself through this medium now it's probably because he's just good at expressing himself he could probably talk to you and tell you all of this like all the things he wants to tell you about in his records he could probably also talk but like he prefers making music because talking only goes so far you know what i mean yeah i think um there aren't there aren't any fucking like completely dumb fucking musicians out there yeah. you know like of any value anyway um so yeah i think you do need to have a certain intelligence and um i think you need to be efficient in in um in communication on some level mm-hmm. but there are there are people that just find it difficult to uh to communicate in other, any other way than music like they 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 probably switched on up here like they know what's going on but in terms of actually getting it out they're not as comfortable that way mm-hmm. um, that's more of a question of comfort rather than ability um but you're right and i i think from <clears throat> from the interviews that i have seen with him he does seems like an intelligent guy mm-hmm. so mm. yeah i'm a big fan obviously yeah. That's like um 
it's kind of like why I'm a huge fan of of Dead Mouse too. So like, there's this song that it's always hit me of his, and it's called Jaded, and it's you know he doesn't. There's no lyrics in a lot of his songs. A lot of it is just it's just pure production, and you listen to this song and you're like, this sounds like being what Jaded feels like. How the fuck? Did you do this? Like, that's so crazy. No lyrics, no nothing, but you're, it's just like a combination, again, it's a combination of vibrations. And it's, it's like having an understanding. And the thing that I, I, I picked up about both of them that I heard in interviews was they're both classically trained. So both Trent and Joel were, were trained on piano. Like their parents put them in piano or something. I know Joel did. I don't, I don't remember how, Trent gotten that, but he said very specifically he's classically trained. Yeah, maybe. I think it was his grandmother kind of got him into piano lessons or something. Yeah, oh, that that'll be it. You know what I mean? Because people who understand that on that level, it's a whole other. Uh, it's a whole other level. You can't eat like unless you're like a fucking complete fucking genius, um, and you can, you know. You can express yourself in, in in a completely intuitive way. Mm -hmm. Unless you can do that, like you're not going to be able to do what somebody can do if they're actually classically trained. So I didn't ask you what your favorite songs on Kid A are. Pick three. Uh, I know it's super Idiotech. hard. Like the whole album is really good. Idiotech. How to disappear completely because it. It's like, but why idiotech? Tell me why idiotech first. Idiotech is just like the structure of it. It's like, it, it's like a dance track with like build ups, but it's got this like, uh, kind of like guitar music attitude. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I just love the lyrics. Like, um, like it's got this kind of apocalyptic warning mm -hmm. vibe to it. I really like that. And uh, how to disappear completely? I like because it's it's almost like oppressively um it's like oppressively heavy in an emotional way. Mm. Like it just bombards you with like a isolated, empty feeling. And I've never had any other song make me feel that way. And then probably. Hmm, that's hard. Three. Probably optimistic because it's like it's got that guitar kind of you know, it it it, it goes back to their kind of roots mm -hmm. and um and just like the end where it goes out into that little like rhythmic jam. Oh my god, I love that part. <laughs> it's the attention to detail in that song and how it kind of blossoms. Uh, you know, it's got so much dy dynamic range in it. So yeah, that if you push me, yeah, those those three because they're the ones that I kind of come back to. But there's so many, like there's a little interlude called Tree Fingers, I think it's called. Um, on that album. Yeah, Tree Fingers. That's really cool. Uh, this is so like I, that album is just start to finish. Oh yeah, amazing. the whole album is really good. See, like it's very difficult for me to compare it backwards at all because I just I haven't listened to all of Radiohead yeah but I think my favorite 
Oh man, not even for me. My three are really difficult. Um, everything in its right place. I yeah. love that song. The national anthem and optimistic. Those are my three. Yeah. And like you said, People that are... end part of optimistic with the jam at the end is like, I love the change of pace. You know, when you don't expect something in a song, and then it just turns around, and it's like, it's like now I'm having fun. You know, yeah, now yeah. I'm having fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. it's um, like I've always there's a song um by a band called you know it's not the not the best name uh, Rape Man. Yeah, very good. <laughs> the album's called um, Two Nuns and a Pack Mule, mm-hmm. and it's this fucking heavy, dirty fucking riff, and then it goes into this dance beat. And it's like, it's so uplifting and it goes from this like just like sloppily played like heavy shit and then it goes to this dance beat mm-hmm. and it's like just so euphoric. Like, yeah, I, lo- I love dynamic change and like I- I'm not that good at it in my music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try to do it all the time, but I think I'm getting better at it. You can't really hear it on that first album, but I'm definitely getting better at it. I'm going to have um, to give your album a re-listen again. I don't think one time was enough. Even though I've heard a couple of the songs more than once, I think it's just like there's something about listening to an album from front to back that's just way like you get way more out of it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. That's how like it should I was be. About... Yeah, well, that's how it was. Nowadays, it's more about like releasing singles, and then the album is just <clears throat> you know for it's kind of like a traditional thing that people are just still carrying on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about releasing singles now, but, um, but yeah, I think Gabe in the chat said rainbows, rainbows is Radiohead's best album. <laughs> in Ra- in rainbows is probably my favorite. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's got, it's, I think it's a double sided album. It's got so many fucking songs and, um, so much. It's so versatile. It's like everything they, it's like Kid A and, you know, it, it's it's everything that came before that. It's it's got it's got the two sides we know Radiohead for today, mm-hmm. like encompassed in one album, in my opinion. I mean, because we, you know, in the in the 90s, people only knew them for one thing. And then the start of the 2000s, people started realizing, oh, shit, there's more to this band. And then when In Rainbows came out, it was like, that's the thing about Radiohead. Like, they happened like at the perfect time to do what they did because like every album it was really in step with the zeitgeist like in rainbows was released because i think their contract with their radio with their um radio label (laughs) with their um, record label ran out so they i think it was like the first time they were without a contract to really release albums so Mm -hmm. they just released it for free well technically for free on the internet they they put it on Bandcamp as um you know pay what you want and uh, people could just pay what they want and like it was like the first time and also as well like um some members in Radiohead were like complaining about like you know how everyone was stealing music online now and then they kind of flipped their attitudes and realized that it was actually quite a good thing especially for up-and-coming artists more exposure right yeah 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 and if you have your music out there for free, 
if people end up valuing it enough, they'll buy it. Yes, yeah. And it, so you get more experience, yeah. So you have more people you can go and tour in front of, That's which is where true. you actually make your real money. Mm-hmm. And it, and like, but yeah, so that album was like perfect. Again, it was like the zeitgeist of the times, you know, like a kid A, it was, you know, turn of the century and everyone felt weird about how, you know, the impact the internet was starting to have on the world. And then when they released In Rainbows, it was, again, perfectly in step with the times in terms of how music was sold and it encompassed all the things that radio you are such a young old man like you you have a good music knowledge history because i like i could never sit here and do that because i didn't i've never been i've never had my claws in music in the same way yeah oh it's sorry can you hear the dog Sid. sydney um yeah so that's just it's i don't think i don't view that as anything special because it's just I, it's just your thing music is your thing yeah and also you know i have a lot of time on my hands and uh i can um and i spent years watching everything i could find about bands you know as soon as i found a band i like i would search documentary and find whatever the fuck i could find and uh and and you know read books about them and just completely immerse myself in it so yeah yeah these people are like super inspiring like musicians the hard work and like all the it's it seems a little bit different now like Mm. when you talk about stuff from the old days and i like look at like say a pop star now or something like the way that it's it's a lot easier to be (laughs) discovered right like with this electronic music shit anybody can sit at home and make that shit yeah can you hear that thunder i hear rain it's like sh- i hear the like blah, blah, blah. the thunder literally just shook my chair what the fuck sorry um I oh yeah you're right hear that. it's probably too low um no you're right it's it's very different now um like justin bieber was discovered because he put out a video on youtube with a guitar yeah you know oh yeah yeah it... like what the hell did trent do how do you how do you like get out there? No internet, no nothing. Like early nineties, eighties, even I think it was. It's so crazy to think that like Pretty Hate Machine is thirty years old. Yeah, dude. Older what? Than yeah. Oh yeah. It's crazy. It's well, it's like the industry has cha- it, it changed. So back then, it was more suited to wear the mouth, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you you would get out there and play music in front of people now you know you get lucky with a review or radio play mm-hmm. whatever it may be and uh, but the, the other thing now is like it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack when it comes to getting your music out there so there's ups and, there's, there's, there's upsides and downsides pros and cons to how it used to be and how it is now mm-hmm. um but I think now, oh, fucking rain. It's a, uh, it's the to me, the music industry is solidified and becomes stagnant. So you have all your your established almost aristocracy of of artists mm. who are not going to go anywhere, and they're going to be there till they fucking, you know, they die. And and 
they exist in their realm of music and then there's like a layer under that of people where they they exist and then there's the layer under that mm. where they exist maybe some of those people kind of can change position but uh it's like the way i've i think about it is the music industry used to be somebody like making a cake like they were making the mixture you know and now it's baked and it's fucking it's a cake mm -hmm. you know we, we it was and then it became a fucking cake yeah. and, and we have all the different layers of it now and it's not it's not going to change yeah. not going to change like i mean you don't even have like cultural shifts like you know like you had like the mods and the rockers and then you know and then in the 90s obviously you have like you know brit rock and and then like grunge and all that shit like Getting, coming up into the mainstream and then going away and, and becoming part of the lexicon and you know now it's like there are there are artists out there that me and you will never hear or may never even come across and they have huge fan bases yeah. they tour shit loads of money and and they have a great career in music and and, and a lot of people won't, won't ever hear them it's it's crazy it's like everyone Every artist is like an island now, and people just go and visit the island and then go off to something else. Yeah, and like even music algorithms. So, Spotify, for example, what Spotify does is it curates new music to you based on what you're listening to. So, that's how, like, maybe I'll become privy to a new artist is if they're creating the music similar to what I'm listening to. And then Spotify is like, hey, you might like this artist. You know, the, here's, a, here's an artist you might like based on your listening. Or whatever. That's the only way I can think of. So in that way, like Spotify is really cool like that. Um, it, it really can keep your repertoire of music just kind of going. But I'm finding now that I'm going into the 90s. You know, I'm going backwards in time to listen to music because I missed out on so many good albums. Like that's again, that's the obsession with Nine Inch Nails is like they were around during a time where I was kind of young and like I heard a couple of their songs on the radio, but never, it never really soaked my interest to listen to full albums. Plus at that time I was like, listen to Britney Spears. And like, that was my jam. Cause I was like 13 or whatever. You know what I mean? And like, I didn't care for deep, dark lyrics because why I want to, I wanted to live in like this candy coated world where it, when I'm listening to music, I can get out and escape from whatever was happening in my life at the time and now it's like it's like so I don't know it's different it's different to listen to music that was so emotionally heavy and and powerful and like puts your own emotions into context from the past you know yeah oh yeah yeah um, it's um go ahead sorry no, ladies first. I was actually just going to ask you about your three songs off the Hesitation Marks album. Which one's your favorite? That's going to be a hard one for me. Three. So, okay, so everything. One sec, I've got the track list in here. So yeah, definitely, definitely everything. Satellite. Oh, satellite. And, uh, it's got to be. There's two. Uh, Come back haunted. The second one. Yeah. That I really, I really that. Um. Yeah. It was it, it, mostly the catchy songs. I like how like, I, I our lists are totally different. Because the ones I like are like the the darker. Like I love all time low. That's such a fucking good song. That's probably. 
I my like favorite Nine Inch Nails song kind of shifts, but my number one is always going to be Only. That's off with Teeth, I believe. In this album, All Time Low is my favorite, and then Find My Way. Hmm. Oh, and the third one is hard. The third one is hard because I love everything. I love various methods of escape. While I'm still here is really good. I would probably pick as the third. A copy of a copy is really good too. Copy of a copy is so good because like that's that's Richard Dawkins. That's the selfish gene. That is fucking replication, procreation. Like it touches so many fucking wider topics that are just like yeah, and it's clever. It's clever the way he repeats. Yeah, he, re- he repeats it. Yes. So it, like the lyrics imply it's like. Um, Circular meanings all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it implies uh, copying. It implies replication, which is so cool. Again, it's just, he's a genius. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think those are, like, my my three. I'm a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a... <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, it's... Uh, sorry, go on. No, no, you go. I cut you off last time. I was just going to say like, that that comes back to what we were saying about lyrics before is uh, finding like a theme and uh, trying to express it in as many ways as uh, as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one's cool. Really cool. So now next, what are your five songs on repeat? And then we can get out this bitch. So. Oh, God. So there was a few I was thinking of. So. There's there's a couple from because I've been listening to a couple of albums, so there's a couple of songs off. So I had like I think I had like six. Mm-hmm. So, King Cruel, Dragon. I'm gonna write these down so I can listen to them later. Okay, you got a pen. Yep. So King Cruel, it's uh, Dragon, but it's I think the full track name is. Uh, don't let the dragon drag on, <clears throat> which is off his new album, and then uh, Lizard Estate, which is another King Cruel song, and it's uh, King as you would spell, and then Cruel is uh, K mm. U L E. Okay, U L E. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. So and then it, yeah, so that's two, and then there's one. Um, that's uh, probably shifted up a little bit. Um, Slint um, with the song um, Good Morning, Captain. How many is that? Three. Um, yeah, let's switch up a little bit more. Towns uh, Van Sant. Um, waiting Around to Die. Uh, oh, that sounds real another- happy. <laughs> Do another ta- another town song. Um, nothing. The song name's just called Nothing. And then one more. Um, Aphex Twin. What was? Uh, I always forget how to pronounce the name. One sec. Uh, two seconds. Mm-hmm. I think it's Alberto. So, uh, Alberto Bas- Bal- 
Balasalam. I think that's how you pronounce it. And that's really cool because he, he he samples the sound of a chair being moved on the floor. Ooh. Ooh. He uses it in the beat. It's so fucking sick. So yeah, there's that's that's our five. Yeah, it's five. So I love the sound of spray cans. You know, like a spray paint can that when you shake it, it makes that noise. I've always wanted to use that in a sound in a song. Yeah. I just love that. Like it's so it's like a it's a very specific sound, but it sounds so awesome. And I've always wanted to do that. But first, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that on cam if I was you. Who's no one's gonna put a dick in that? Um, no, you call people. You fucking wank. <laughs> okay, I wrote all your songs down. But what was the name of the last one? Aphex Twin. Aphex Twin is the artist, mm -hmm. and then it's uh, Alberto. Uh, the second name is spelled B A L S. A L M. Balsam. Balsam. Okay, there you go. <laughs> How are you pronouncing it? Uh, bliss, uh, ba Balsam. I don't know. I got You're that. You're retired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready for mine? So, yeah. Dead Mouse and Neptune's Pomegranate. I sent it to you. I don't know if you listened to it. It's like really funky uh, and sexy. Like a pop song. Yeah. But I mean, I think most of the things that I'm probably going to send you are going to be more pop. And you're going to, we were, you were talking about this the other day. You're like, you're going to turn me on to pop music and I'm going to turn you, uh, turn you on to like older. Cause you were like, remember we were talking about sharing albums and you're like, I was thinking of sending you a Dylan album or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah do yeah. it. But I'm not going to be like, here, listen to the Doja Cat album. Cause like pop artists are like, I'm cool with their singles. You know what I mean? Like I like them. Um, well, that's that. That's how it. That's how the music industry is nowadays. Yeah, but even I mean, some of them have albums and stuff. But yeah, Kanye. Yeah, and I really like Kanye's old stuff. So, but I, I just I like the idea of being exposed to something that I would I would never think to listen to or haven't been exposed to, so don't know about it because then that just diversifies my musical palette. You know, like it's so fun and like it gives you ideas. It gives you ideas for like shit that you might want to use in your own music or whatever. And it makes it different. And like what is great about pop music is it really does sample everything. Like every sound that became a thing is like you'll you'll hear it in a pop tune. You might hear like oh, yeah. Ariana Grande, you'll hear like violin and stuff. So you'll have some like classical aspects in her music. You know what I mean? Because she has the kind of voice that is just like, it's good for pop, oh, yeah. but it's good for like, it's like Trent. She can, she's got a very versatile voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And then Boy Harsher Pain, that really dark song that Ricky shared with me, the album. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That's a fucking great Pain makes the rhythm, breaks the rhythm, makes the rhythm pain. Pain makes the rhythm, breaks the rhythm, breaks the rhythm pain, pain. Like, it's so good. And then, uh, hmm? I was agreeing. Oh, good. I didn't hear you. Um, and then the third song I've been listening to is called Counting Bodies Like Sheep to the Rhythm of the War Drums. That's a perfect circle song. Yeah, it's super, it too, yeah. super, oh, it's matered, right? So, um, yeah. super aggressive. It's like fight, fuck, self-destruct. That's what I think of when I, when I listen to that song, because the lyrics are crazy too. It's like, um, go back to sleep, safe from pain, truth and choice. 
Like no one will love you like I do. Like just keep eating the lies. Go back to sleep. Count, count bodies like sheep, like sheep, like sheep. And he like screams in it. And I'm pretty sure he's like fucking his wife in it too. Cause like you can hear that all happening. And then there's the war drum in the back. Like it's all the, all the humanist things in one song and the beats heavy. And it just like, oh my God. So it makes me want to march out with torches. <laughs> After the government, though, not like the KKK. <laughs> oh God! Well, with the Oscar pan, you no one to believe that. So. <laughs> um, the next one that I love is that that Selena song I sent you, the crowded room song. Crowd, yeah. Her crowded. voice is like, she has such a pleasant nice voice and like it has that real asmr quality it just remember you were saying it's like liquid sex when she like whispers in it oh my god i love that song Hmm? i said yeah (laughs) i talk over you so i can't hear what you're saying and then i'm used to it i was gonna (laughs) i was gonna pick um okay i have six too then the weekend heartless i sent i think i sent you that yesterday too the lyrics in the song are just sick that's that's why I yeah. like it. Never need a bitch. Right. I'm what a bitch need. And there was a song I sent you this morning. I don't know if you listened to it, but it like it has such a like happy, happy beat. But the song is about like he's like, who cares about the sun? You broke my heart. Who cares if the sun grows trees? Who cares if the sun provides us with life? You broke my heart. So the sun doesn't matter. But the the music is like really upbeat and it just like. It's one of those beats that's so infectious that you can't help but make yourself like you can't help but move to it. You know, it's like very Caribbean and like very, very happy. And like it has a really fun bass line and like really cool. Like you can hear the same. I think you sent me a uh, Spotify link. So and I don't have Spotify, so I'll have to search it. I'll send it to you on on YouTube. Yeah, those are my songs for now. Yeah. Should we pick our so, next uh, albums now? What's the next ones? Oh wait, Gabe. Oh, Gabe God. gave us songs. I want to know if you know the song. Stillness. Stillness is the move. Dirty projectors. The adults mm-hmm. are talking. That's by the Strokes. You are like the Strokes too. Um, disco. Sweet trip. Ego tripping at the gates of hell is by the Flaming Lips. And then feel you, Julia Holter. I've heard of maybe two of these artists. I've heard like I've heard the Flaming Lips song. Um, the Strokes I've probably heard, but I've never really gone into the Strokes. And um, were the other song were the other songs just song names or are they artists? Um, well, the I think Stillness is the move is the name of the song, and the artist is Dirty Projectors. Yeah, I haven't heard that. And no. then um, Feel You is the song, and then Julia Holter is the artist. Yeah, I haven't heard of her. Julia Holter sounds familiar. I did. Is uh, well, Gabe's obviously listener. Um, did Anthony Fantano do a review of her album? If he says yeah, then I think I've heard of the artist, but I haven't listened. Gabe said, "Get Anthony Melantano to review your album." <laughs> oh God, I wish. Do you know how much fucking exposure I get from that fucking. So I've heard I his mean... name, but I don't know very much about. And like, I know you've told me about Anthony Fantano, but is he like is music his thing? Like, is that what he does? Yeah, like he's the. I mean, his his catchphrase is, or at least was, the biggest music nerd on the internet, mm-hmm. and best teeth in the game. He's got all these like sayings. I mean, you know, he's he's uh, 
he does a lot for um for musicians um and he, he used to have this segment called this week on Bandcamp, where he would like i think him and his assistant would like find different artists on Bandcamp and like give them a bit of exposure mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it was just like silly songs that people were releasing um yeah he's if you search the needle drop that's the name of his youtube channel it's it's like it's huge it's like millions of subscribers okay i'll take a look so as you said you know that girl doja cat i showed you her video yesterday for that song say so the first song she put out that helped her career was called moo and it's her in front of a green screen talking about how bitch i'm a cow bitch i'm a cow i'm not a cat I don't say meow. Like that is what got that girl's career started. Well, it's definitely. Um, I mean, I like that song. By the way, let me just say it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're definitely not going to hear that <laughs> on every fucking album. I no, like a no. song like that Mm-mm. stands out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's what's interesting about this time, though. And like now, it's not even. Like, you can take a girl who's just a really good performer and has a great personality, and you can pitch correct and do all these things to her voice to and, and like, make an album. And as long as she has the presence, you can make someone a pop star. Yeah. That's that's kind of the difference. Like, I don't think... I, I don't know if talent is particularly important in, in certain aspects of music. <laughs> It is. It is. If you want a career, yeah. If you just want, if you want to be a one-hit wonder, well, they'll take them and they'll like look at Bieber, right? They took him, they took him like they abducted him, like, (laughs) and like I'm sure if they like something that's, huh? It was Osha, wasn't it? It was Osha. Osha, like just fucking took him from the internet, like made him this fucking big. But like he, they probably put him through voice training and all this other kind of stuff to get him to a place where he he's now beer, right? Like, yeah, there's already talent there. Let's take this talent, cultivate it, and mold it into something that could turn into something. So there, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of that too. I'm not incredibly familiar with the music industry. I just, I just think that it just makes sense that something would work like that. Yeah, you're right that it. I think there is an aspect of that there. But I mean, look, I mean, I bet you I could, I could write, I could like try write and produce like the perfect pop song, listen to a, a bunch of pop songs, find the similarities. And then I could sing and like change my voice, like make it sound like a female. I'm sure there's programs out there and like pitch correct. They do a bunch of shit to it. And, uh, I could get like radio play. Like it, it well, there's at least a significant chance that I could. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if you get a pretty girl who, who actually can sing half decent or whatever the fuck, and you know she's got a bit of attitude and all the rest of it, you can you can get shit done in mm-hmm. the music industry because people people will put money behind that. You know what I mean? Like, there's a girl that um, she's in the Liverpool music scene. Mm-hmm. I follow her on on, uh, on Twitter and. She's great. Got a great voice. She can play guitar. Like she did this like open tuning version of a um, Stone Roses song, and it was fucking great. But like, guaranteed, if she was like just some average looking girl or like some average looking guy, 
she wouldn't have got the traction that she did. Like it, it got like all these retweets and everyone was loving it. And then like she did the next day, she did like a Oasis cover and then like Liam Gallagher like retweeted it and it went fucking, you know what I mean? So image is a very big, uh, it's a big deal in the music industry. Yes. But then you have people like, you have people like Mac DeMarco who's just like, he's just like, like an everyman. And that's why people like him and he's like he's funny and he's got a good attitude and yeah so he, it's it's not always as important yeah. but definitely for the main definitely for the mainstream it is yeah yeah well that was real fun are we gonna pick an album for next week yeah, see i pretty much mind? i pretty much just want to take you through the discography of nine inch nails because i like the idea that you're not like, you haven't really listened to them. They're not particularly your cup of tea. Like, I haven't really listened to Radiohead. Well, we could we could do that if you want. Yeah. We yeah. could just go through, through the discography. Um, so, is this... Do you know how many albums there are before Hesitation Marks? Lots. Uh, I think this is their eighth studio album. So, there's right. seven before. Uh, so... What I was thinking is like we don't need to go through every single one, but like maybe maybe I could just pick our another favorite. one. Hmm? We could just pick our favorite albums. Yeah. Because because I'm not a fan of Pablo Honey or the Benz, which are like the first Radiohead albums. Mm -hmm. Like, so we could just pick our favorite. Like we could just pick three. Yeah, that works for me. Okay then. So the magic number. I think the next one that I'm gonna pick for you is hmm this is so much fun where is it see i really like they have so many good ones i think what should be the next one though maybe is the fragile that's a really good one the fragile all right then well Let's go within rainbows next for you then. Okay. Because we were talking about it before. And um, you'll get a good sense of kind of <clears throat> the um, the two sides of Radiohead more instead of that uh, Kuday album. That's so exciting. There some, okay. There are some heavy songs there. but Yeah. So does that conclude our first episode of Audiophiliacs? Which I don't even know if that was what, it was, what we decided on, but it seemed appropriate. <laughs> whatever that was I mean, so fun we can refine it as we go along if we feel that's the right thing to do i think it's good i just because i i like to have like a consistent new stream of well new to me stream of music so it's just a fun game this is our music game high five sorry, as well without a focus you know i know this is the this is the money maker right here. <laughs> oh, we all know you're cute especially me Mm, I'm cuter. But anyways, okay, love you. Bye! <laughs>